Welcome to Mom Fashions. This is Emily. Join me for a special season as we search for a new co-host and meet lots of interesting women while we discuss the beauty and the burden of motherhood. This is Mom Fashions. Episode 82, Creating Struggle for the Kids Who Avoid It. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. I am here today with a friend who I've known for seven or eight years, quite some time. And I'm very excited to introduce her to you. I want everyone to meet my friend, Emily. Emily. And Emily, here today at Mom Fashions, welcome. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Emily. Um, so I have known you for quite some time, nearly a decade, which is crazy. Uh, but my friends, our listeners here, haven't. So can you tell a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I grew up in Fort Worth. I moved here when I was about six months old with my family and grew up on the east side and loved it. I moved away um, when I got married. I actually moved to Germany because my husband was in the military. Mm -hmm. And after he got out of the military, spent a few years, you know, beep bopping around the country and (laughs) the world. And then he got out of the military. We moved back to Fort Worth with our three kids and decided to raise our family here. Yeah, great. And um, so you mentioned you have three three kiddos. Um, they're kind of similarly aged to mine. Yeah, I'm rocking older elementary years, middle school. We're kind of kind of in the throes of it. Um, so something that you didn't mention, and I'm going to throw it in here, is you have been on the Fort Worth Moms Riding Team for a long, long time, and that's how we actually met. Yes. Yes. So you have been. A cheerleader, an encourager of mine. I have appreciated that over the years. And you've also contributed a lot of really interesting content to our Fort Worth Moms catalog. And even more recently, created something for our Collin County Moms um, platform. Yes, you're expanding, Emily. (laughs) And so that's what we're going to talk about today. An article that was published uh, back a few weeks ago by you was called Creating Struggle for Kids. And I, one, I thought the article was great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Two, I could relate because as we get into this, I have a a kiddo that like just things you were saying, I was nodding my head saying, I get this. And number three, I thought it was an interesting topic because I don't really hear it talked about that much. So why did you decide to kind of venture out into this, this topic? So one of my kiddos, I have three kiddos. Um, I have 11-year-old twins and then a nine-year-old. And my nine-year-old is very, life comes really easily to him. Mm -hmm. Like He's very charismatic. He's very smart. And he excels in athletics. And he's just one of those kids um, where things come very easily. And he, as he got older... We noticed that if he was confronted with something that he could not easily accomplish, he couldn't handle it. He didn't know what to do because he didn't encounter many challenges. He didn't really really know what to do when they came up. And he felt like he was failing if he even had to try, basically. And we realized with a lot of assistance and through watching him and that sort of thing that he needed to practice challenges in how to handle them 
And in a situation where he didn't encounter very many, we realized we had to create some, including some safe ones, to kind of give him that practice. I think it's a really interesting idea. And if I'm honest, an aspect of parenting that I'd never fully considered before, you know, um, because my my oldest has had a lot of practice with struggle, right? And so I've probably spent more energy trying to help her navigate her struggle and even in some ways trying to, like, ease her struggle. Like, mm-hmm. th- that's been, you know, like a focus. And when I was reading this, I was kind of like, you know, this is the case for my youngest, Interesting. It's your youngest, youngest too. Yeah, Maybe I wonder this if there's is something the case to of that. Your youngest, <laughs> and um, it's it's right. Social situations comes easy for her. Academics is fairly easy. I mean, there have been a few like times in second grade where maybe she didn't make like the best grade, but it wasn't. You know, like it's just yeah. Everything kind of comes naturally, just naturally mm-hmm. to her. Without much effort or thought, and she's not had as many opportunities to sort of problem solve and cope um, whenever, you know, she's made mistakes or she's gotten behind or she's had a rocky, you know, peer relationship or, or, or whatever. So I found it very interesting because it made me as a parent stop and think, okay, maybe I do need to look at the way... Um, I'm parenting Louisa and, you know, trying to put plug in some wisdom in that for her and, and helping her practice those things before, like, we do kind of get into those middle school years and where, like, the stakes are a little bit, I mean, they're not really that high, but to them, they feel that way. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit more devastating, whatever. Um, so when you kind of figured out that he was struggling with struggle what did y'all do like what was your strategy what did you do going forward well we started out by actually he started going to a play therapist Mm -hmm. um we have i call him call her my family play therapist because our um older two have some anxiety issues Mm -hmm. and one of them has been going to play therapy since he was three yeah so i mean we're big on play therapy yeah so we're like hey you know can we bring you know our youngest one in we'd really mm-hmm. we're, we're noticing some things and she's the one who really kind of identified or said it to us labeled it for us like we knew but she helped kind of reflect back he struggles to struggle and we were like yes that's mm-hmm. exactly it and so together with her we started brainstorming some different ways that we could add more struggle into his life we already did small things sometimes for our own convenience, like he might play up in sports, including on his brother's teams, one, because it was easier, and two, because he could hang and he would still do really well. And Mm -hmm. so we tried to put him in situations that he might not be the best at something. And we realized it wasn't just not being the best. He really had to be had to be places where he worked hard. He had to work hard Mm -hmm. to get better. Yeah. So something you talk about here, you kind of list this off, and I thought it was really good, and I want to – I'm just going to absolutely read it, okay? Um, Struggle is uncomfortable for everyone, and as parents, it's easy to want to help our children avoid any discomfort. 
which is, I probably think I have a problem with it. However, that's not always in the best interest of our kids. When we struggle, we build problem-solving skills, learn how to manage emotions, discover self-regulation, and generally grow mentally and emotionally. It's a lot packed into that. (laughs) Because I really do think that probably my default with the youngest, and there's probably some psychotherapy in that with her being the youngest, of almost wanting to distract like I participate in that and maybe she's learned that from me rather than sort of like facing but you know what like don't you think moms and parents are kind of taught that a little bit like if you distract them so that they will deregulate or you know like come Mm -hmm. all that stuff and I don't I'm not trying to say that that's completely horrible and terrible it can be a coping mechanism that you use. But I can also see the downside to it. As parents, especially as moms, I feel like we are taught that it is our job to smooth the way for our kids, to make life as wonderful and magical and easy as possible. Mm -hmm. And of course you want your kid to have a good life and an easy life. But you yeah. stop controlling their life at some point, really. Like, and they a need lot the skills. earlier than you think. You stop controlling <laughs> your kid's life a lot earlier than you. Seriously, imagine. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you have, you know, like even like with your older kids and stuff, as you've gone into entering into more of these middle years? Like, what are some things y- y'all are doing to kind of, I don't know, guide through the struggle? So part of guidance through the struggles that they do encounter right now is letting them tell me about it when they tell me. Often they come home, you know, especially as kids, they don't tell, talk to you as much. And they tell me about something and we kind of replay it back and be like, OK, so what was hard about this? Mm-hmm. What worried you? What was difficult? What could you have done differently? What could you do the next time? And kind of like walk through what that looks like, do a little debrief every time they come up with something that really, really bothers them. We also regularly talk about little, I guess, little mantras. You can do hard things. Right. You don't know what to do yet. Mm -hmm. You can figure this out. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that are really important in our house to just kind of remind ourselves that, you know, we are independent and we have control and we can make good decisions and we need to trust ourselves. Um, The other thing we've been doing as a family is discussing struggle. So I talk about man, I'm having a really hard time at work writing this website content. I can't get my mind right. I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. I had to stop and take a break and walk around the block. And then I came back and that helped a little bit, but I'm just really worried about it. And so kind of working through that struggle is normal. Right. Everyone encounters it. Nobody has all the answers. And making them feel comfortable with the fact that they don't need to have all the answers. I think kids, especially kids – who have it a little easy or who normally feel like they have it all together, they don't, they struggle with the concept of not having it all together. Right. Yeah. And being okay in, in those feelings and being okay with it, not hitting whatever bar they set for themselves. Yes. You also talked about in the article, how you weave this into like responsibilities around the house and maybe how you would approach responsibilities with him a little differently than you might have done with your older two at the same age. So 
I have really high expectations, or I would say we have high expectations for all of our kids, but we up those expectations a little bit, um, particularly in responsibilities around the house and in situations we can control, basically. Okay, I need examples. Again, like your ideal mom might, might be different. What's your idea of high expectations? I want to hear. I mean, small things. So if you're supposed to load the dishwasher, you're loading the dishwasher after we eat dinner, right? Mm-hmm. No big deal. Okay. Well, it's really easy to be like, yay, they loaded the dishwasher, even though it's not loaded correctly, or maybe all the plates aren't rinsed off, mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't wipe down the sink afterwards. All things that like seem teeny, teeny, tiny, but they they have an impact on how well the job is done, right? And so giving them opportunities to be like, oh, that was really fantastic. You know what? Next time, can you add this to your list when you're doing that? Mm -hmm. That will really help and bump it up. And it's been fascinating to watch as we expected more around the house and expected them to not just do what they were told, but to do what they were told well and to notice things, not just give it to them. They've really increased their abilities and confidence levels of being like, oh, I can do that and I can do it well, mm-hmm. which I think is part of creating that struggle. Part of kind of doing that is actually building up their confidence in themselves mm-hmm. that they can handle something that's a little hard, that maybe they didn't do well the first time around, but they can eventually yeah. do it well. Yeah, that has like multiple steps yes, to it. Yes, multiple and, steps yeah. is exactly right. Hardest for us as parents, we also ensured he had the space to fail. So explain to us a little bit more what that me- actually means to you, like falling, failing. All of the above. All of the above. We tried to create safe places where he could not do it, not do well, not complete a task, not get an A on a test, those sorts of things. It's one of the reasons I feel like it's really important actually to start early because that helps. I mean, he in school, I mean, elementary school is very important. Okay. I'm going to kind of interrupt you and say, would you like... Because this come, this has come up in other discussions before. Would you think that he would be labeled like gifted? Yes. Yeah. And I have heard this same conversation with other parents who are raising kids who have that label of gifted. Like this is kind of a, a theme that sort of pops up. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I, when you started saying that, I thought it, and I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's definitely a theme that pops up. Yeah. 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 For, for a gift, a gifted, a gifted child. Yeah. Yes. So you were saying even elementary school starting early. Yeah. Starting early so that he has experience with failure. He knows what it's like. And mm-hmm. um, he was on a baseball team this past year that he was not the best player. In fact, he was kind of the bottom of the pack, which was a brand new experience for him. Yeah. yeah. And... He did not get a single hit all season. Mm -hmm. He hated it. And oh man, did I hate it for him. Like every time he got it to bat, you know, I'm sitting there willing it to hit. Please get a hit. Please get a hit. But I also know that now, and he's talked about it since the season is over, he knows he needs to practice harder. He knows that he can get better. He knows that he contributed to the team even without a hit. But in reality, he failed at that aspect of baseball. He right. failed at that, yeah. and it didn't matter. It didn't mean That's he right. wasn't a valuable ten- exactly. team member. It didn't mean that he never gets to play baseball again. It doesn't mean he's not a good athlete. 
he got through it. He lived through it because nothing bad actually happened because he failed. Mm -hmm. And I think having that is a huge, huge deal that kids need to experience. Looking for reliable childcare in the Fort Worth, Dallas area? We've got you covered. We've done the research and compiled an extensive list of local childcare options to fit your family's needs. You'll find a variety of childcare options in this guide from babysitting and nannying services, traditional daycare, drop-in childcare, preschools, and even summer care options. Visit fwmoms.com or check out the show notes of this episode to find links to all of these resources. Let us help you find the perfect child care for your family. How have you seen this impact him? Or have you seen any benefits from this or any change in his character, his relationships? Like, how are you seeing your little, your strategy here working? (laughs) Overall, I feel like we are already noticing that he, and I'll say that we've only been, really focusing on it for about a year, maybe mm-hmm. year and a half. Um, he became more confident very quickly. All of a sudden he had that growth mindset in the back of his mind. Like he was like, oh, I could do this. And it seemed he always presented as a confident kid. Right. But it was often really hiding some oh, serious insecurities. Totally, usually smoke and mirrors. As grown women, we know this. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. And he... It's not that he stopped trying so hard to be perfect, but you he allowed other people to glimpse that he isn't perfect as mm-hmm. opposed to always being the funny one or the smart one or the most gifted one. Or, you know, it was okay if he didn't win the dodgeball game and he didn't lose his mind because of it. You know right, what I yeah. mean? He And he didn't feel embarrassed right. or ashamed. I mean, these are feelings he was having about... Very small things. Yeah, about because dodgeball, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and did it also kind of impact how he treated other people? Or did he, you know, like having empathy for other people or celebrating other people's co- accomplishments? I will say he has always, even though things come easily to him, he has always done really well being mm-hmm. empathetic towards people okay. as long as they're not his siblings. I should say that 100%. Well, that's a given. That's a given, <laughs> yeah. yes. But he has always been super helpful, super pathetic, super nice, which sometimes mm-hmm. surprises me just because he has so many gifts. Um, but he's always been able to do that, which makes me think <laughs> that he knew he was smoke and mirrors and maybe potentially saw that other people were too. Mm-hmm. Like he knew yeah. that he had those feelings, right. even if he didn't show them. And so he was able to empathize with people. I do think that it's made friendships somewhat easier though, because okay. Good. people don't want people don't want to be friends with a perfect person. Like yeah, let's be real. True. Like that's a really yeah. hard thing. Mm-hmm. So I think he's found that being not perfect is just as great mm-hmm. in friendship and sometimes even better. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, Louisa has always been one of the smarter kids in her class. Mm-hmm. In fact, probably like, you know, and I mean, I don't want to say like the smartest because I think smart is a lot of different things. How about 
best academically gifted. How about best grades, sustainable yes. grades? There you go. Able to like go way above a reading level. You know, like those kind of metrics. Other kids are smart. You know, in different. I mean, academically and in other ways. It's just yes. that she can she can get you with the top grades. Right? School smart. <laughs> yeah, she can take the test. She can get the hundreds. You know, all that stuff. She can be like two years ahead on a reading level or whatever. But this year, this last year, she was in a class with a boy who there's no way she could catch up to him. I mean, he is like the epitome of like gifted and in all the ways. And um, and I would, you know, even probably say he has a lot of the same struggles as like your son and what you're talking about, like a difficulty not winning and not being Mm -hmm. the best and and all those things that kind of comes with it. But. At one point, I was, I'll say, like a little bit concerned because I think about three-fourths of the way through the year, she kind of gave up because what was value to her was she could catch, she was going to catch him. You know what I mean? Like she was going to work harder and she was Was going to get get there. She was going to top him. Like that was her whole motivation. And then about three-fourths of the way through the year, I think she realized it isn't happening. Like, it's not like she can't, right? She yes. has a limitation with that. And that was, it was an interesting, well, because it's not the way I'm wired, right? So I'm having to kind of study her, understand what's value to her, what she thinks about herself, where she's coming from, because it isn't how I would have approached it as a girl or as a grown woman. And we kind of had to work through, you know, the ideas that being the top or, like, having the best grades and the best reading stuff isn't the thing that equals smart, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you are smart. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. Like, these are your grades, they are excellent. This is your reading level. It's more than sufficient. You know, like, you need to be proud of this and accept what you, like, can do. But just because you can't go up here doesn't mean you quit. <laughs> you know you know what I'm right. saying? Like, so that was kind of, oh, well, if I can't do it here, then I'm, like, just going to quit. And just talking about if you quit, who does it hurt? Right. So-and-so still on the top. He don't care. Like, who does it hurt? It hurts you. Right. Because you don't like learn what you need to learn. You don't stay up with your responsibilities of turning things in and reading what you're supposed to read, you know, and there is value in completing those tasks and being a participant in the class and helping other people in your class learn things. You know, just like you're a part of you're a citizen of your class, of your classroom. Right. And and. You can't quit because that that hurts you and it hurts the people that are around you. So this past year, at the beginning of the year, we realized that he's super gifted mathematically. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know people who can like see math. Mm-hmm. My husband's kind of yes, this way. Like, and I, I like math. I like numbers. Um, even though I'm a writer, like I still like numbers, surprisingly enough. Really, really but he really has like those instincts for numbers. Mm-hmm. Um and we realized he needed more. Like, he just wasn't – he wasn't cutting it. And so we approached the school and said, hey, we'd like to move him up a level in math. Are you willing to work with us on this? 
And this is not normal. It's a small school. It's not a super standard thing. Right. But they said, we'll give it a try. And it was amazing. One, there's another student in that class who is much like Louise's friend. Yeah, like classmate kinda that kind of yeah. gave gave him that something to aspire to almost mm-hmm. as opposed to just being super comfy there um, at the top. And it also created a situation where he had to really try harder to get the grades he was used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't always do that. <laughs> However, I mean, his grades were still fine, but it did knock him out of like highest honors and into high honors because instead of getting 100 or 99, he's getting a 91. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was something new for him. Yeah. He didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. <laughs> but he did, one, he got through it. He dealt with the fact that it wasn't right. perfect. He dealt with the fact that everybody saw that he wasn't perfect and mm-hmm. it was okay. And two, he realized that working hard, he could actually get to where he needed to be or he wanted to be right. if he actually put yeah. some effort into it. He'd never had to really do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad we are having these experiences in third and fourth grade as opposed to getting to middle school. Yes, and then Lord bless. And then all of a sudden – you know, the rug's pulled out from under you. So one thing I didn't ask, what do you mean by he can't handle struggle? So does what happens when like what happened before if he might not have done so great? Oh, it definitely still happens. Occasionally. What would his, what's his response? Like, what? Are so you... he completely shuts down. I can't do it. He just never he doesn't want to engage because he can't do it right away. Perfectly. He doesn't want to engage yeah. with it. So he just avoids it. And yeah. he avoids anything where he is not able to catch on right away. Okay, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. That's what Louise says. Avoids the uncomfortable feelings. Yes. Avoids a situation she can't master. And when, like, you know, she realized she couldn't catch the kid at the top of the class, Shut she down. quit. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like, who cares if I get 100 on whatever? It doesn't matter. Because What's I'll the not point? catch it. And I'm like... Uh, because we're learning <laughs> in no. school. Like, how about that? Like, you yes. Know. There's a lot of, well, what's the point then? Well, there's a lot there, of points. There, okay. Yeah. <laughs> let me list them off for you. <laughs> yes. I totally, I totally get that as well. Well, I would love to hear, um, you know, more comments, um, particularly from other moms who are parenting gifted kiddos. If you listen to this episode and you want to chime in on this, maybe with ways you've created struggle with your kids or questions that you have about raising um, gifted kiddos, uh, you can go to our show notes at fwmoms.com. You can leave comments there um, for this episode. And also you can follow us on social media and make comments there. So Emily, thank you so much for talking about struggle with me today. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Bill Media.